0: The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org.
1: New hot and iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that. Because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard, or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.
2: What is up, D-Gen Nation? Kenny here. Just wanted to let you know we did have some technical issues with the pod this week. It's not that big of a deal, but it's not up to the standards that we'd usually like to have. We do apologize tremendously about that. It'll be back to normal next week. It's not that big of a deal, but we still do apologize. Thanks for listening, D-Gen Nation.
0: Welcome to the Fantasy
1: Golf Degenerates podcast. Oh.
2: Oh. Jordan, Belt, third. Jordan. Belt, third. Yo, yo, yo yo, yo, yo. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan. Where is? What is going on, d Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. This week, for the second major of the year, the PGA Championship. As usual, we're sponsored by Draft.com. If you kill your season-long NFL snake draft leagues, this is a site for you. Uh, it has great snake draft uh, uh, stuff for uh, golf, for football, for baseball, all that good stuff. Use promo code d and get a free $3 ticket when you minimum deposit, $10 or more. Lots of big contests this week for the PGA Championship. Get on it if you're not on it already. As usual, I'm here with my partner in crime, Tyler
1: Tamboline. Tyler, how you doing this week? I'm doing good, Kenny. I'm excited, man. The, the second major is here. I love the new schedule. We're going to talk about that shortly, but I, I like the PGA Championship in May. I like the course we're about to hit, and I'm excited to go through the picks this week with you. Yeah, definitely
2: pumped for this. Uh, but first, before we get into the PGA Championship from Beth Plays Back, let's talk about um, last week and the Byron Nelson Classic. Uh, Sung Kang, my Korean brethren, takes home his maiden PGA Tour victory. I know a lot of people aren't too excited about that. Uh, you know, I know he had a lot of uh, people badmouth him for uh, cheating escapades and really slow playing. God damn, he is slow. Uh, there is no doubt about <laughs> that. But if, I don't, I don't care. He's Korean. He won, my brethren, the tenth korean golfer to win a pga tour event so that's a big milestone uh for my peoples uh you see you know back in 2003 there was only one korean golfer on the tour and that was kj choi now you got like 15 16 different golfers we're taking over son we're taking over <laughs> uh, now now the course itself I, you know what i'm not the big fan of that course i feel like if a golfer has 21 birdies and zero bogeys he should probably win an event uh scott Piercy last week 21 birdies zero bogeys. The two golfers in front of them had 15 bogeys combined. Uh, that sort of shows how easy it is to score on that course. And I think if you continue to have that course be the week before the PGA championship every year, you're never going to get any big names to play there because you can get more work done at home. In my opinion, playing Trinity forest the week before a, a major championship that does no help at all. You know, it's not like, you know, like when, when the shell and stuff, was before the Masters, you know, they tried to make their greens and, you know, the fairways wide, and, you know, they cut all the grass on the edges of the green to try and give it a feel of, you know, uh, the Masters. They're going to play next week. This is nothing. This course is unique, but it's not going to help them, help golfers plan for the week after at a major. Uh, So I'm thinking you're going to see really bad fields continuing. You're going to see random people win this event. This is an event that you're going to want to bet 100 150 to one odds you know go go for the long shots every time uh they play at trinity forest because it was basically a shit ton of long shots and brooks (laughs) kepka you know what did you think about the event
1: i agree to an extent i think the thing people are you know not saying you but in general i've seen a few people comment on on twitter (laughs) the, the biggest thing is will we ever get it and we will someday at the conditions we're supposed to get the problem is the last two years there's been zero wind the course is supposed to be, you know, the whole point of no trees, wide open. See what happens. Is you're supposed to get some of these windy conditions, and I'm not saying that will help you here at Bethpage Black for for this example. So maybe it is the wrong timing in the schedule. But there, there's other ones like that. If you, if you look at the the Canadian Open before the U.S. Open, that's about the only thing cool is that the two country names match before the word Open. They're not going to be similar courses at all. That, you know, Pebble Beach is not going to be comparable to this new course out in Hamilton or wherever it is, Ontario, here in Canada. So, yeah, but you're
2: still going to get good golfers at the Canadian Open because it's an RBC event. And RBC is. You know, they're they they, they they're, they're sponsors of Dustin Johnson and a whole bunch of other great golfers. Jason yeah, the, I
1: mean, you always, you always get you some know. good players at an RBC event. If, if we're talking about worried about for the fans, then so so be it. You you were talking about for the players. not You know what I mean? The, the, at the end of the day, there's going to be guys still show up. Like, I still love seeing the leaderboard when you've got all the random names that we like. All my buddies and friends talk about, what a shitty leaderboard. You've never seen half these guys. Like you said, you know who Sung Kang is. Right? I'm chasing Scott Piercy. I got plenty of his action. Brooks Kepka. Matt Jones had him on the 90-1 each way, which he buried me at the end. We'll go through after. Uh, yeah, because they're turning into a six-way chop or whatever. Rory Sabatini, your boy. Wake up the neighbors, man. Top 10. What do you got? Yeah, that guy's playing out of his mind, dude. That guy's playing yeah, so, out of his mind. So, I, I, so, I, I don't mind the time the he's
2: been throughout his career, it's crazy. That's so, how good Sabatini's been playing.
1: No, no we didn't talk about last week that was up there too, Kenny. Seaweed Doug, your boy. Doug yep. Gim went off.
2: Yeah, I actually – I had to roster Doug, Doug game Of course, I didn't roster freaking Sung Kang like a fucking idiot. Yeah, well, one uh, thing, you know, too, uh,
1: I want to go back to, not to cut you off, but the the thing you asked me, like okay. what I think about it, you know, here's what the, – the thing about Scott Piercy, a lot of people brought that up as well. You're right. Like how, how does that happen, especially in, in an event where you're scoring? He kept up with the scoring, no bogeys, and still ends up losing by two. But I, as a guy who had a lot of Scott Pierce, he literally cost me five figures on Sunday. And again, we'll go through the results this week. But he cost me five figures on Sunday. He missed four or five short putts while yeah, still going putt. seven yeah. under on the day. And he would have been like a, a course record possibly if he had a kept. You know, yeah. if he had a made some of those putts, he pushed all these short putts. I said to someone in Slack chat over at Gupps, I said, you know, this guy looks like me. When I get, and mind you, he's still sitting five under when he's doing this and four under when he's doing this. But if I, you know, I'm not a great golfer. So when I get that nice approach shot, green and regulation, and I got that 20 foot birdie, I'm pumped about it because it's like, oh, birdie try, you know, I don't get a lot of those. That's kind of what, and and of course I push it or or make it, you know, come up way short or way long because it's the adrenaline and, you know, I'm, I'm getting my first birdie try of the day, maybe first of the last couple rounds I've been out. Cause again, I'm not a good golfer for him. That's what it looked like on the course. And then on top of that, you had guys like Sun Kang. You know, what was Sun Kang plus 11 strokes game putting. You know what I mean? It's going to be tough when you run yeah, into a buzzsaw to- like that, who's not stopping, not letting off the gas. And all you're doing is making pars on certain holes. And, and it's no coincidence. It's the first time it's been done since who Charles Howell, the other King of the par. You, you yeah, don't I make bogey, Sure. I, I mean, they talked about his streak for a while of, no bogeys for so long and it was like yeah but how many birdies the fact that pierce still chucked up a 21 under was impressive he should have probably won it but again you can't say he should have won it when he didn't and he had a 63 on saturday which was beyond good and he made some long bombs of his own that sort of counteract against the short ones that he missed so it happens sometimes um but like you said probably not the best course to suit up at before the major i think brooks just came out and showed what he had because of the Chamblee stuff and just because he's not going to come out and not play well, but he looked pretty good to me. It's going to be tough to go against him this week.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the one thing is, is, Piercy putter was on God mode for the first three rounds. It sort of just came back to earth uh, in that final round because he's not a good putter. Uh, so, you know, I mean, like, it, it came down to earth. But those first three rounds, he was he was freaking a God on those greens. Uh, it was pretty impressive what he did. Uh, personally for me, uh, like, I literally the last two weeks, I've – I've rostered every person that's withdrawn. Like every person that <laughs> has withdrawn, I have rostered in the last two weeks. Now, two weeks ago, it cost me because I didn't win in cash. Uh, but this past week, I had 25% Leishman, like 15% Charles Howell third. I even had 10% DJ Trahan. Those are just three guys that withdrew. I still well, had I a winning week. I
1: forgot you had Trahan, too. Damn.
2: I had Trahan. I had I Trahan as one of my bets. Yeah, like 275 yeah. to 1. Now, this is throwing away money. But I, the crazy <laughs> thing is, I still had a winning week. Uh, still nice. a winning week because my cash game cornerstones came through, got back on track. Now, they didn't perform exceptionally well. Scotty Scheffler was actually the best cash game cornerstone pick that I had last week, uh, but I finished off my lineup with Matt Jones and Bud Cawley, went six for six. I think only like 14% in the $5 double-up, went six for six. So it was an easy cash. I was in the top 5%, uh, top inside the top 5% in every double-up. So it was a pretty easy week for me. GPPs weren't that great because I rostered every person that withdrew. <laughs> you know, like 35, 40% of my, my lineups were dead before, you know, round one was over. So uh, uh, I'll take it. Uh, I I mean, I only won like 30 bucks, but I'll still take it uh, after a week like that. And then hopefully this gets a jump start back up on cash for me. Uh, how'd you do?
1: A good week. A good week, not a great week. That's I you know, I alluded to it earlier. Um, yeah, I had a runner in the in the 444 on DraftKings that was pretty much top 10 all day with the most player holes remaining. And I just had, you know, it, what happened was on Saturday, I had RCB and Mitchell were part of it, and they really dug deep to get through because I was scared of that MDF. So they get through. A lot of guys had an MDF or a, a withdraw or a miscut or something, but all the other guys, like you said, you could still have, uh, you know, a withdraw or a miscut if you had Matt Jones with Kepka, for example. So what happened was the on Sunday, I'm dealing with Piercy missing every putt. Matt Jones ruins the bogey-free on 18, which was valuable to me. And on top of that, uh, it was the each way. He would have been a standalone outright top five that I would have got paid out a much bigger each way. Instead, it was a six-way chop or five-way chop or whatever. Uh, RCB, Stenson, all those guys couldn't buy a putt on Sunday. So uh, really lost it down the stretch. Ended up coming ninth. Uh, it was still a pretty good finish out of 1,600. A uh, decent run there helped me on the week overall. Uh, but damn, if Piercy had done just a little bit more, like you said, and got that W, it would have been quite the difference. I would have been a top three in the tournament uh, between him and if those other guys had done anything. Stenson was 5% owned, and you and I both loved him last week. I did. You I and I didn't. both loved Matt Jones last week. Th- those were two Stenson, guys. Stenson was, that,
2: Stenson, Stenson was my highest owned golfer last week.
1: Yeah, he, he could have done so much more. It was just surprising to me that you know more people were on leashman, even in the higher buy-in or the higher stakes when, like you and I both said, I don't like paying those prices for Leishman. I, you know, the call on Hideki last week, solid. What'd we get? Another 23rd place. I know he puts up a little bit of points, but $11,000 Hideki, I don't care. He does not, I'm going to talk about that this week when we get into the picks. We got a little bit more to go through first. But what I will say is you and I, oh, just a little game theory or strategy from last time. We talked at the Masters after, if you recall, about how, look at all those pivots where the real winners that you know in the ranges, like the Molinaris, the the Xanders, the, the the guys that win tournaments on tour, but everyone goes for like the shiny toy or the recent form and they forget that this is a major you know Beth Page, Beth Page black you see the the little sign everywhere meant for experienced golfers blah 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 whatever behind that sign, the history, the joke, whatever you want to call it, the point is it really is that like we could see a score here where minus three or minus five wins. And at the end of the day, all your, you know, recent form, shiny new toy guys, and I'll get to them, are are not all going to be the guys that I want to target. I'm using the less, I'm using probably the least, sorry, amount of stats of the year at this tournament because I'm just going to go off a gut and feel, and and I'm going to chime in some, some stats or some reasonings. But I'm going to talk a lot more about game theory and why I'm on these guys over the range and that sort of thing when we get into it because it's a major, man. It's the best players in the world. The board will be littered with big names. Again, This that's my prediction for this week.
2: All right. That sounds good. Let's move on to the Listener League from last week. The winner last week was Swing and a Belt. Uh, he had 655 points. He crushed last week. Uh, started off with <laughs> Henrik Stenson who had 89 points, uh, DraftKings points, finished in 20th place. Uh, Ryan Moore with 61 points, finished in 69th. Scott Piercy, 131.5 points, uh, finished in second. Justin Harding, 102.5 points, uh, finished in 10th, and he was only 6.5% owned. Uh, Piercy was 19% owned, which is solid work by the listeners right there. He had Appy Barnrat, who, again, putting God. When his putter gets on, I mean, that guy can score low. Uh, it's just all about the putter form. The rest of his game is just sort of mediocre, but that flat stick can get crazy, crazy hot. He was only 2% owned, had 119.5%, 119.5 points, finished in fifth. And he had Sun Kang, the winner, 151.5 points. That is a crazy score uh, for DraftKings. I guess, you know, when when it's a birdie fest like that, that's the the scores you're going to get. He was 5.5% owned, uh, and, of course, he won. What do you think of the lineup there, Tambo?
1: It looks like you forgot to check the injury report, man. He got Afi Barnett in that lineup. That's sick. 2% owned Effie Barnrad, Incredible. Like you said, I think there's something to be said for him with uh, slower greens that we'll keep an eye on going forward. But he just gets up and it's like it's nothing to him. Obviously, he can get hot on fast greens. I'm just saying I've seen it now a couple times on slow greens where he's just been fine. And if he gets it on, like you said, look at what he does. Harding, low owned, Sung Kang, low owned. Those three guys made up the lineup all in three figures, you know, Moore didn't even have to do anything. Stenson didn't really have to come through for you as your highest price guy, but still got you 89 on the downswing. I mean, the, the scores are incredible. Like you said, Scott Piercy, 131, Sun Kang, 151. And I don't know, you date back to the beginning of time with this podcast, but when's the last time you saw that uh, blowout, like 60 points almost here?
2: Yeah. swinging a belt, one by 60 points. Or fifty nine yeah. point points, fifty nine points. Watch, yeah, that that that's insane. Uh, it was definitely a GPP lineup. There's no doubt about that. He was throwing some flyers in there, but I think it, going forward, you know, mark this down when they play Trinity Forest. Those low own plays down low. I mean, it's sort of a crapshoot because the course is so easy that everybody's in it. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys, even if they're not the greatest pro golfers, they're still great golfers. You know what I'm saying? And when they get uh, present, presented with a course like that, where it's just a birdie barrage with no wind and softish greens, everybody's going to have a chance. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's something to think about next year um, when, when we look at Trinity Forest.
1: And one last um, thing that I like, and, and we'll talk about it with strategy with this week, but if you notice, Kenny, his flyers, his 2%, 6%, 5% guys, Kang, Harding, Affie Barnrat, the, these aren't just like throw some dudes in a bucket and see if they're good. These are actually good golfers that he put into his lineup. So he just found some low-owned gems that are actually really good golfers, have some good results over the last couple of years or this year alone, and are capable. And like you said, on a course like this where scoring is all that matters or turned out to be all that matters, that can work in your favor. Definitely. All right, so before we get into
2: this week, I'd like to announce – we're proud to announce that we are partnering with GupsCorner.com. I know, Tambo, you guys know that Tambo works – for Gup and the boys over there on that site, really, really great site. They're giving us listeners, the Fantasy Golf Generous listeners, a nice little bonus code uh, for a subscription code for when you if you sign on, you use the promo code DGEN twenty five, get twenty five percent off a subscription. Their monthly subscription is fourteen bucks, um, so it's not that bad. Their yearly subscription is like one hundred nineteen. The cool thing is, if you want to try it out just for a month. If you, if you sign up right now using promo code DGEN25, you'll be able to get the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open uh, as part of your month-long subscription. And what they do is they have, you know, really solid ownership projections. They have Gup's uh, rankings. Gup is an extraordinarily sharp player, uh, really, really sharp. They have Tambo's article every week. They have Michael Rivello's article every week. They have Buck's amazing course description uh every week he actually find, i found out that he actually calls the courses up gets the green books and stuff for the course and then uses that in his article with pictures and stuff like that to really get into the course and tell you what you need um you know they, they have a great bet their betting is amazing There, gup is a great better they have some other guys there who post really really nice bets in all different sports they have a great slack channel
0: the air we breathe the water we drink the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com.
2: With almost a thousand people on there, uh, definitely, you need to check it out. DGen25. Go to gupscorner.com. Use promo code DGen25. Get yourself 25% off a monthly or yearly subscription. It's definitely worth it. All right. So let's get into this week. The best golfers in the world head to famed Beth Plage Black course for the 101st PGA Championship. Beth Page has hosted two U.S. Opens in 2002 and 2009 and two uh, Northern Trust Barclays Championships 2012 2016. Uh, I don't think the course will play as difficult as the U.S. Opens here, but I believe it will be more difficult than two Barclays Championships played here. The course went through a bit of a renovation last year. The green on 11 was enlarged. Trees were removed from the first hole, the bunkers were redone on the 6th and ninth holes, and the fairway was widened a a bit on 18. Overall, these changes are minor, and the course should play like it has in previous years. The weather could play a major factor, just like it did in 2009 when Lucas Glover won in a Monday finish. The course has seen a large amount of rain this spring, and there is rain in the forecast every day this week except maybe Saturday. Um, This should make the course play soft, which should make hitting fairways easier, but will make the course play a bit longer. And edge should be given to longer hitters, but with with receptive greens, shorter hitters should not be discounted, especially if they have a strong long iron game or strong short game. I've seen... Different wind forecasts ranging from 5 to 10 miles per hour every day to 20 to 25 mile per hour winds on Friday. So it's the weather. You know, who knows? Make sure you check closer to lock to see if there's a specific wave advantage. Now, if the wind does pick up on Friday, they say it's supposed to pick up Friday afternoon. So, you know, if, if the forecast stays like that or if that's the forecast, I mean, I've seen many different forecasts already uh, for this week, um, you know, PM, AM wave. Might be the way to go. So make sure you check. Uh, It could be a big deal this week. We'll see uh, how bad these wins are on Friday. Uh, A couple of tidbits before we get to the course. You know, the old adage that the cream rises to the top at majors has been, you know, somewhat true recently. In the last 20 majors played, 18 winners were inside the top 25 in the World Golf Ranking the week prior to their major win. 15 of the last 20 major winners were inside the top 15 in the world, graph, world, uh, world Golf Ranking, and 10 of the last 20 winners were inside the top 10. Now, the only two major winners outside the top 25 in World Golf Ranking at the time of their win uh, in the last 20 majors was Martin Keimer. Uh, and he was 28th uh, at the 2014 U.S. Open and Jimmy Walker, 48th at the 2016 PGA Championship. Now, 15 of the last 18 PGA championship winners won an event during the season prior to their win. Now, with the PGA moving from August to May, this stat has, you know, a little less merit, but it's still something to pay attention to. Now, lastly, seven of the last 10 PGA championship winners were first-time major winners. And and, and I honestly think we're going to see that again this week. And we'll go over that here when we go over our picks. Now, the course. Beth Page Black is a AW Tillinghast design course. Now, I actually saw uh, some stuff on AW Tillinghast on the Golf Channel today. He's like my new favorite golf designer because, like, he only reason he designed courses was to pay for his, you know, for booze and women. And like, you know, that was his goal, you know, like the guy, the guy, the guy designed golf courses so he can make money to drink and be with girls and live lavishly. That's like life goals for me right there. So he so telling Ass is like now my new favorite uh, golf designer. Uh, the, the course max is out at seven thousand four hundred sixty eight yards with four par threes and two par fives. Uh, it is a par 70 course. It is known for its length, thick, rough. Large, deep bunkers. These bunkers are no freaking joke. Many dog legs and smallish greens. Off the tee, golfers will see narrow tree-lined fairways with bunkers positioned in the landing zones. Um, The fairways normally play play firm and fast, but with a deluge of rain this spring, the fairways could play softer than normal. If golfers miss the fairway, they'll have to deal with multiple cuts of rough. The first cut is only about an inch and a half tall and stretches out about five feet from the edge of the fairway. To me, I mean, if the conditions are really soft and the greens are soft, I don't think hitting it in there will be much of an issue. And to me, it actually makes the, the fairways a little bit wider uh, in my mind because I think a lot of these guys, if they land it there, they I don't think they have an issue uh, hitting it into these greens. Uh, now, the second cut of rough is is big boy rough. You know, uh, you know, it's it's about three and a half inches tall, but that's not really the main problem. The thickness of this rough is where the trouble lies. Hitting it out of this thick, gnarly blend of rye, fescue, and Kentucky bluegrass will have golfers scratching their heads and icing their wrists after the week is through. Uh, There are no OB stakes uh, and only one water hazard, but if golfers miss wildly off the tee, they will have to deal with waist-high fescue on some parts of the course. The fescue surrounds many of the fairway bunkers, and golfers will be rooting for their ball to go in the sand instead of landing in this tall grass. Now, on approach outs, golfers will see small greens uh, with humongous bunkers that are deep surrounding the putting surface. There's going to be a lot of long—this isn't your typical bunker— uh bunkering around the greens like usually it's a little short little bunker shot you pull it up right on the green it's an easy shot these bunkers are so large and the front of the bunkers are is a huge lip so the ball is going to roll down deep into the back of these bunkers and it's going to cause longer bunker shots than most of these golfers are comfortable with when they come in to around the green bunker shots Uh, now like most tilling ass designs the green slope heavily from back to front with little other undulations The bunkers primarily guard the front of the greens. This is why I think the course is so difficult. If golfers hit it short, they have to deal with these cavernous bunkers and the high fescue that surrounds them. If they hit it long, they have to deal with very fast putts downhill on greens where the stint meter level is going to be over 12. If golfers hit it over the green, they could really be screwed. Most of the greens are elevated, so golfers have to chip back up on a hill onto the green. Then the ball will be rolling downhill afterwards towards the cup on very fast-putting surfaces. The only saving grace on approach is that the greens don't play normally too firm. And I think with the rain, they're going to be even less firm. Now, I did hear on the um, uh, Golf Channel today that, they're, that, that the golfers are surprised at how firm they are. But I think they were just talking about how firm they are based on how much rain they got. I don't think they're going to be extremely firm greens. Um, Now, you know, if the golfers hit a good strike onto the green from the fairway, they shouldn't be too big of a first top is basically what I'm saying, especially in possible wet conditions. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week?
1: A few things. Like I said, well, I'll name some stats just because of the obvious ones. But like I said, you'll you hear when we go through the picks on why I'm on certain guys over others. But I, I think the you know, tilling ass, like you said, the approach is important to him. So uh, he sets it up to be a little bit unique in that sense where they have to, you know, the bombers still got to make sure they can get over a bunker set on a par five. You know, it's it's risk to them. And then it's all about the second shot and the angle in. So uh, stroke stand approach um around the greens the greens are you know not the smallest but they're also not large like what we had last week so uh if guys aren't on the greens they're gonna have to find ways to get up and get tight and that goes to my next one uh bogey avoidance huge this week you know like i said i think we're gonna see a really uh you know something like a minus three or something like that minus five range somewhere in there that could win this tournament uh and then the um the putting for five to ten feet right i know you know last week wasn't a good example but you know to compare against but to this but you're looking at guys all the time from eight feet seven feet and that's the whole tournament's on the line there that's your bogeys or your or your pars. and so for me that's important a little bit uh and then just the long irons right a lot a lot of the shots are coming from 175 plus out uh, so for the most part i still want guys that have decent long irons what else do you got kenny yeah,
2: I mean, that sounds right to me. I'll be looking at a little, you know, par four efficiency from 400 to 450, 450 to 500 yards. Uh, Ten of the 11 par fours are in that range, five each. I do like the bogey avoidance call. I think that's going to be a big deal uh, this week. Also, the putting, I think from five to 10 and 10 from 15 feet are going to be important this week because there's going to be a lot of times where you got to get it up and down, especially if you hit it in these bunkers. You're going to leave yourself five to fifteen foot par putts, and you got to make those uh, if you want to succeed this week, and just not not get those bogeys in. All right, so let's get on to the field this week. Let's start up up top. We had Justin Thomas, but he withdrew. So make sure you guys remember that Justin Thomas withdrew. Uh, probably smart idea if he has risk problems uh, on these in this rough. Probably the smart thing. So we're going to go Brooks Kepka all the way to Tiger Woods. How you going about this, Tambo?
1: Should we talk about Tiger first? What, what's the play with Tiger? Because he's sep- he should be in his own separate pool for right now, I think. We just started eleven three. 3 I don't know about Tiger. I mean, here's what I'm hoping, and it ties into the plays, but I'm hoping he gets more ownership. I, I really wish they had a set him at like 10-9 or 10-8, like flipped him and Rory or something or pushed DJ up, then went McElroy, then went Woods, because then I think he would have garnered a little bit more ownership and I would have been happier. I feel like Tiger – Maybe someone that people say they want to play, but then they just won't end up getting there because of the price tag. What, what's your take on Tiger, for starters? And then we'll go through it. I
2: don't know, man. I, I think I'd rather have DJ or than Tiger for cheaper. Okay. Um, and, and But the thing is, I want Tiger to win. You know, I'll be rooting for him. Uh, but I don't know if he can do it again. I mean, the guy's 43 years old. I mean, he's not Superman anymore. You know, you saw him with that little bit of a limp uh, after the Masters. I'm sure he's healthy. I don't think we have to worry about that. But can his body hold, you know, the first day he goes out, it's going to be like 42 degrees <laughs> Thursday morning. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting older. When it's cold outside, my shit don't work as well. You know what I'm saying? I'm not comparing myself to Tiger. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm getting close to 40 years old now. You know, that, that you know, my body just doesn't work the way it does. Uh, he hasn't played since the Masters. Now, can he go out and win? Of course. It's Tiger. Absolutely. And if he does, it'll be the biggest story again in sports. And that would be awesome for the game. I mean, every Tiger win is good for us. You know what I'm saying? It brings more people to the game. It brings more people to gamble. It brings more people to watch. It brings more fans to the thing. I want Tiger to succeed. But I don't think I can roster him over DJ Arroy or Kepka. You know? I I don't think I can do that.
1: All right, I'll go into it. I got the same sentiment. Like, that, that's where I'm at with it. My fir- I never go this high. My, my first T3PO of the week was DJ greater than Tiger and pray for high ownership on Tiger. Like, I don't, I'm not doing it. I don't care if everyone's doing it. If he wins again, like you said, the, there'll be benefits in the long run. I think a lot of things had to go his way at the Masters just to make it happen. I'm not discounting him. I see stats that make me excited about maybe his ownership being up there a little bit where people posting, if there wasn't a minimum divisor on the OWGR, he'd be number one in the world right now. Okay, that's awesome. And like I said, the comeback is amazing and I like I am a huge Tiger fan. I just and when it comes to fantasy and it comes to daily fantasy and gambling and that sort of thing, at 11:3 and DJ's right there, I think about back to the Masters, DJ wasn't part of what I'll call the the quote-unquote water crew. He didn't go in the water on 12. He barely played. You barely knew he was there all weekend and he literally had a putt to force a play which w- would have been an eventual playoff on 18. He really didn't even play that well, in my opinion. And what people, why I'm thinking he might get, you know, go down a little bit is because people will just pay the 200 bucks for Tiger and remember that DJ at RBC Heritage, what happened? Sunday, blew up, right? Fell apart all the way down to a 28th place. Well, you know what? That was fatigue. We talked about this already in my eyes. He, he's the best on Poa. He's the, he's one of the best drivers of the golf ball. And so is the guy right below him, which I'll get to in a second. So uh, to me, and he can pot, you know, we just saw, he can make the putts. He's good everywhere. His approach game is normally solid. Uh, you know, his history here hasn't been been horrible at the Beth page black course. He's got an 18th, a third and a 40th back in 09. So his last two times that are 18th and third, I like him a lot more than Tiger Woods this week. And the other guy I like below him is Rory McIlroy. Uh, don't got to keep hitting on. It, I'll let you talk on him. But my, the other big one for me is what do we do with Kepka? Because Kepka is a different story. He looks incredible. I see no reason to go away from him, but that ownership looks like it's gonna be through the roof as it stands right now. I mean, Thomas was gonna be my pivot play, not knowing you know what the, the risk was like, but just taking the risk on it because who cares, even if he says it's good or bad, gonna take my shot at that price, and now he's out. Yeah, I'm I mean, Kepka, I'm playing Kepka.
2: I don't care if his ownership is 40 percent. I, I don't care. I think the guy's gonna finish top five. I think he'll have one of the better chances to win. I, my favorite play in this range mostly because of how good he is but also because you know he's cheaper than all these guys And you can have a lot more uh, options using him as your number one golfer than the guys in the 11k range or even 10.9 uh like Rory now when it comes to Rory and DJ I think I'm gonna go ownership wise because I think Rory has a slight advantage over DJ but it's not big enough where I think you do you don't Take ownership into account. I think Rory will be a very, very popular play, and I think he will uh, be more highly owned than Dustin Johnson. And I think getting that little bit of an edge up top with DJ could be the good way to go. Now, we'll see. I'm not an ownership guru. I'll probably check gupscorner.com to see the ownership projections that he has uh, for those two, and I'll probably go with the one that I see lower. Now, if they're going to be very similar, I'd probably go Rory over DJ because, you know, softer course, best driver of the golf ball on tour in the world. Uh, this this should suit him. But I think DJ is going a little bit overlooked. Uh, now, if that's not the case, if they're going to be similar, um, then I'll probably go Rory. So that that's going to be ownership based for me. But I'm playing Kepka no matter what. I don't care what his ownership is. The guy. OK, so one thing about Kepka, his putting hasn't been as that great since his PGA championship win a couple weeks ago, he got back with his original putting coach, uh, from, er, from his earlier in his career. And you saw last week, he gained six strokes putting, uh, well, yeah, I think he was top 10 in strokes game putting, um, you know, and so the putter looked really better. Now those greens are, you know, not the same that we're going to see this week, but still solid putting. Um, and I think that's been sort of like, you know, that's the reason why he hasn't been as good this year. In some cases that in the weight loss, um, But I can't go off of him. I'm I'm rostering Kepka. He's going to be one of my highest own. I don't care what his ownership is. I'm rostering Brooks.
1: Okay. I'm off him. I'm just deciding on the pod right now two things. One, I'm deciding Dustin Johnson's winning the PGA Championship. And two, I'm deciding that I'm not going to play – Hey, here's the thing, like I always, I play 150, like I put 150 in the Millie Maker. If it somehow happens that I don't have the 500 bucks to get to Rory or the 700 bucks to get to DJ, I do sometimes, you know, like three or four value plays that I start my lineup with and then say, oh shit, what fits here for two V2s, like two guys versus two guys. If I can find a good Kepka one that fits in, maybe I'll put him in, but you'll see my ownerships when the tournament starts. He'll be less than, he'll probably be less than 5% owned, if you ask me. Damn, that's pretty ballsy
2: there, Tambo. I mean, like...
1: The way Kepka is playing, going going off
2: that, I get that from a game theory perspective, right? I mean, like, yes, he's going to be crazy high own, but I don't think that's going to stop me from playing him. I mean, I guess you know, you're you having five percent, having a taste. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I, that seems really ballsy, and, and, and it might work out for you. You're a GVP man.
1: You know what I'm saying? It's more or less because of the type of the tournament. It's, it's for a million dollars. If if I don't think I can get enough leverage where I'm excited about it. Like if he ends up being 25 to 30 percent owned, and everyone's starting their lineup with him, basically needing him to come through or needing someone, needing the other five guys to make perfect sense. To me, it's a no-brainer. And, and like I said, I'll use him in sets where he may fit into a couple. So he, I might get five percent, but that's not me hoping to. to I mean, it, it really is me hoping to get the nuts. I'm saying it's not me trying to angle to make sure I cover my ass. It's more of sometimes that's just where the lineup works out. But I know I'll be underweight heavily. And I really do feel after all we've talked about, all the research I put in and things we're thinking about now. And if you think he's going to be overlooked and the conversation we just had, I'm going to plant my stake in the ground and say, Dustin Johnson wins the PGA championship. He's probably tired of hearing people talk about Brooks too. He's better than Brooks, you know, long-term. It's just, he hasn't got the majors like him right now. So it's not even the Ricky having zero and all his boys having them. He gets, he gets hyped up for these events. He wants to take this thing down and he can DJ wins. All right, well, I like that bold prediction. There you go, Tambo with the prediction.
2: All right, so let's move down to this 9K range, and I love this range. This is my favorite range. Uh, that's why I'm probably only going to be rostering, you know, Kepka and one other person up top uh, above like 9,500. I might have a little bit of Rose, But three of my cash game cornerstones are in this 9K range. They're all on the bottom part of this 9K range. I'll start with Ricky Fowler as my first cash game cornerstone. Putter is hot. You know, iron game's good. The guy just shows up at majors all the time. One of the best putters from 10 to 15 feet. Gets a ton of DK points. Really good with long irons. Fowler, lock for me. Cash game, lock. Second lock,
0: Xander The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal.
2: There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's
0: right now. Get two of your favorites for just three 50 mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble price. And participation may vary. cannot be combined with combo meal, single item at regular price.
2: Play X is going to give it to you. This guy just comes through at majors. He's like Brooks kept the light two runner ups, Two, uh, four top sixes, and just a handful of majors he's played throughout his career. This guy shows up at big moments in time. This is another big moment. The price is low. I'm going to be having him as my second cash game cornerstone pick. And my final and my third cash game cornerstone pick, another guy who I think is undervalued, underpriced, that I want to jam in because he has the upside uh, that you probably need in a major um, in cash. I'm going Jason Day. I know you worry a little bit about the injuries and stuff, but fuck it. If if he gets injured, it's part of the game. That's just what's going to happen. I think his upside is great. He has good history here at uh, Bethpage Black. Again, another great putter. Solid DK points. Long off the tee. Good form coming into this uh, tournament right there. So those three right there, I'm locking them in. Right there, low and I do this often for majors, uh, you know, because the pricing is always so soft that a lot of the times I will roster three guys over 8,800, between like 8,800 and like 9,500, because you could still fit those guys in and still not have to dig down too low. I don't, making my lineup right now, I still don't have a guy under 7,000. Uh, my lowest guy is 7,100, and I, I don't have any other guys under 7,600. So you can still get away with this type of setup in cash. Uh, especially in a major, especially with these names. I mean, Fowler, Xander, and Jason Day. How often can you put all three of those dudes in a lineup and still be able to make a good lineup? And you can. So that's the way my approach is going to go with cash this week. My favorite GPP play up here is going to be John Rahm. Uh, if I had to rank these guys, i go Rom and Xander, 1A and 1B, Fowler right next to him, J- Jason Day right behind them. Uh, I love Rom. Uh, He's been getting better at majors. He had a good run at the Masters, uh, second in strokes gained off the tee in the last 50 rounds uh, in this this field. Uh, He's been hitting a ton of greens lately. And comparatively to the other longer hitters up top, he's been hitting way more greens, uh, way more fairways than all the other big boys. Like In the last 50 rounds, uh, Dustin Johnson, 131st in this field in fairways gained. Rory McIlroy, 119th. In fairways gained. Brooks Kepka, 130th in fairways gained. Uh, those are all the bombers. You look at John Rahm, 42nd in fairways gained, even though he's one of the longest hitters in this field. I love that about him this week. I'm going to be rostering the hell out of him. I think John Raw might be my highest owned golfer just because it makes the flexibility a lot easier. We talked about this last week, um, you know, making like somebody in like the 9,000 range, a lower 9,000 range, your highest owned when you mass multi-enter. It gives you so many different options. Like I can still use, I can still probably get, Thirty percent Dustin Johnson, forty percent Kepka, and fifty percent Rom. If I do it that way, because I'll I'll double up on a lot of Rom, DJ Rom, Kepka, or you can just go ahead and start with Rom, make a crazy balanced lineup with a whole bunch of studs. There's so many different options to go with. I love his price. I love his game. I think he's going to be big this week. I do like John Rom a bunch in GPPs. Who do you like?
1: So a lot of the same guys, to be honest, and it's funny you say you love this range because I do as well, and especially with now, like I said, I'm pretty much only going two guys up top, and with Thomas going out and opened it up to let me get another one in this range, I think it's interesting because I think two things. One, I think the next range we're going to talk about is loaded with value guys that you can just stack up every which way, so I think a lot more people will fall in there. Secondly, though, is that the pricing just seems bad this week. You know, the more I look at it, the more I think about it, only because, and I say that, it's always a little bit what's quote unquote softer at majors, but it feels like some of these plays are just too obvious. And, you know, you didn't mention Molinari. Why didn't you mention Molinari? He's lights out. He just came, you know, could have won the Masters, but is he not on your radar this week? I'm a little worried about the way he ended the Masters, and now it's his last event. I know. And I'm now it's ninety seven hundred. Like to me, that that price is a little bit too much in this field with with all the names and the way they've balanced it out. You got Rose right there, so so that kicks into my second teacher Bo another high end one. I'm going to take the guy that bounces in and out of number one player in the world, regardless of what's happened recently. He's actually been pretty decent in his last four outings. Third T nine and T eight in three of his last four. Ninety nine hundred. You can start your lineup with Rose for some contrarian lineups. I'm okay with that. You mentioned the next guy, Rom, too cheap, 9500 I love my boy Fowler this week. He's probably my second favorite play, uh, you know, not play necessarily because, you know, price included, but um, to, to have a shot at this tournament, I think this could be his major. We, You know, I talked with a couple guys today. It's a spot that he he's done decent at before. He got seventh here in 2016. Uh, he's done well at the PGA last time out, got a fourth. He, his stats are always incredible at of you know, around the green bunkers approach approach has been a little off lately, but, but other than that, he's a pretty good driver of the ball. Awesome putter. I mean, he's a great play for 9,300. So if you have like a, a, Rose, I love all the R's. I love Rory, Rose, Rom, Ricky, and, and then you got DJ up at the top, but those are the guys that I sort of like here. Rose over Molinari though, is an, is a cakewalk for me and, and whether it's right or wrong. And yes, Molinari has been winning more than Rose. But at the end of the day, and as I said at the start, I want to take proven winners, but I also want to take proven top golfers, best in the world for long runs. Molinari is sort of a stretch. I I could see a spot here where he gets a top 15 or top 25, but at 9,700, that's not going to pay the bills. So I like Rose a lot more. Hope he's a little bit lower owned uh, and goes overlooked. Rom, the same as you said. And then dropping down, you took you took him in cash even. I thought he's gonna be more of a GPP play, but I like Jason Day. I'm taking a risk.
2: There's no doubt. I'm taking a risk because of his WD possibilities and the thick rough. But it's just nine thousand for him is crazy in my opinion. Like you have to play him.
1: Yeah, it's like the the Fleetwood Molinari Shawfly types are all great. You know, they're all not great plays. But it's like good, in my eyes, they're they're all good plays and they all could pop. Fleetwood is like a, a mini Fowler, so I'm just gonna take Fowler there. Instead, and then Schaffler just worries me a little bit because of the ownership and because the guys they're giving me. That's what I'm talking about with the pricing. Uh, I love Schaffler and whatever he can win a major too, but he hasn't. And Fowler's right there, and I think Fowler's going to get one. You know, thirty years old now, got his life in line. Two hundred bucks more day below him. You know what I mean? That that to me is crazy. Days literally, uh, you know, nine thousand dollars, a hundred bucks cheaper than Schaffler. He- I
2: don't know. I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could sleep on Xander though. I mean, even though you're saying what you're saying is correct, yeah, he might have those. Those golfers might have better careers so far. Xander's been proven now that he's a big game, he's a big time player in big time events. He's the little mini Kepka in my book.
1: We, we may see that one crumble at this event, though. You know, this course may be the crumbling factor of these uh, these two Kepka and Shafley, big game hunters. We'll see. Uh, I'm not as high on either of them. You heard me on Kepka. I'm the same on Shafley. Uh, I'm not excited about putting these guys in my lineups with what's around them. I'm more excited about these proven talents. I even like, uh, you know, I'll kick off the next range if you want, Kenny, is DeChambeau, $8,900, again, in a funk, out of it. He's a GPP only play. I'm just saying, what's crazy about taking DeChambeau, a guy who can win like five events in 10 events, he wins five of them or something, when you got people are going to take Finau for 100 bucks cheaper. This isn't, you know, a birdie fest I don't need his DK scoring points. I know Finau showed up for stats, or for sorry for placement points. I get it. I'm just saying, upside wise, for taking this whole thing down and lifting the trophy, who do you actually think wins a major first? Maybe it is Finau. For me, I think Deshainbo wins a major. If they both win a major, I think Deshainbo wins it before Finau does. So I'd be on Deshainbo. What's your answer to that question, Kenny? one thing before, let's get back to Xander. The, the one one of
2: his wins this year was at the WGC HSBC which was the most difficult course on tour this season so Xander playing hard courses I don't think it's going to be an issue he won at the hardest course they played this season uh so I, I'm in on Xander Bryson and Finau and Spieth and Hideki I don't like this 8k top 8k range I don't think I'm gonna be playing any of them now Finau He shows up at majors. That's the way he's doing. But outside of that, his form, you know, outside of his playing at the Masters, his form really isn't that great. I don't think he deserves this price tag uh, at the way that he's playing right now. Yes, he finished fifth at the Masters. Yes, he has a whole bunch of top tens at the majors here recently. But can he keep that going? Can he flip that switch like that? Oh, it's a major. I got to play better. Can he do that every single time? I don't know if he can do that all the time. Now, granted, he could go out and play well. It's free now. He's a great golfer but I just don't like the way he looks. Bryson, again, form, not looking good to me. I'm not a fan. I like to ride the waves. I know you're not a big recent form guy. You're more of a long form guy. That's definitely where we differ, and maybe that's why you're a better GPP player than I am. But, uh, you know, I'm not on him. Kucher, maybe. The guy's been playing so well, but I don't know if this is the course for him. He does hit a shit ton of greens, Um, you know, without the little rollout that he get. Uh, with you know more firmer non soft greens, I think he loses a little bit of his luster at this course. I think I'll probably still have to play Coocher, even though I hate him. Uh, because hey, it,
1: you know what I, you know what it is, Kenny? Che- cheaters are hot right now. They are. Cheaters so are hot. you get you got Kang just won. Cheaters are hot right now. They're the thing. Coocher's the guy, right? Your cheater guy. So you yeah. got to play him. Eighty seven hundred.
2: If you're not cheating, Free. you're not winning, right? If you're Korean and you're not cheating, That's you're right. not winning. If you're Kuchar and you're cheating, <laughs> I hate you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, exactly. Yeah, so uh, – but I like the lower guys in this range. A couple of guys that stick out to me, Paul Casey and Patrick Cantley. Now, Paul Casey has been really, really good on difficult tracks this season. He's – there's out of the top 10 hardest courses on tour played so far, Casey has played seven of them. Uh, he's top 25 in six – Top five in four of those events. So, you know, again, another guy who plays well at hard courses. I like his price. I think he's worth it. Uh, he's been hitting it. Another guy who's, you know, fairly long off the tee. I mean, he's not short, but he's fairly long off the tee and hits a shit ton of fairways. That combo is pretty money this week if you hit it long and if you get it straight you're gonna have a decided advantage this week unlike if it was the masters or something where you could spray it or last week at trinity fourth we could spray it you got to be sort of on point with your drives um and that's sort of one reason why it's hard for me to fade rory up top and that's gonna be a big decision with me between rory and dj um but you know the guy's accurate off the tee. He plays well in hard courses, so I really like Paul Casey. I also like Patrick Cantley. I know he there's that struggle with the bunkers and stuff. I mean, it's true. He's not the best, but he's not as bad as people say. He's played five of the ten most difficult courses on tour this year, top 15 in all of them, top 10 in four of the five. So, again, another guy who's played well. On really, really tough courses. He's actually ranked 6th in my model. Really good at par 4s. Avoids bogeys. Top 10 in bogey avoidance is one thing I didn't realize about Patrick Cantlay. Really good ball striker. Hits a ton of greens. Um, So I like those two guys down low a lot. Those are the two guys I'll be focusing most of my attention on in this 8K range. And I'll probably throw a little Bubba in there as well. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. We talked about the top. I like Deschambeau. Like, I'm like i on Kucher, so I'm going to play him. I, I don't really care about the, the, the course or anything like that, only because he's just having such a hot year. And, again, that's another guy. How is he cheaper than Finau at this course? This guy's got multiple wins this season, top twos, performed everywhere pretty much. Uh, I love him. Finau, Finau's lost his luster. For me in my book. He's lost his. He's just luster. priced too high. I don't I mean, you, know. you just said a guy in Cantley. Cantley to me is a better play than Finao, a better play than Molinari. Like, like I like Cantley a lot at at 8, this week. So uh, I like him. You talked about Casey. I always like Casey. The only other guy I'm really sort of unsure of, and and then I'll get into my last T3 PO is Matsuyama. Did you talk about like what, what do you what is your main thoughts on him overall? Because he's a guy that is like a always seen to me in a major as like a mini Ricky where he wants to get his major, he's got the stats. I like Matsuyama. I'm going to play Matsuyama this week, too. What's your take on him? I'm not sure.
2: Uh, I haven't really uh, – he's not high up in my book, but, I mean, if I'll I probably have to throw in another 8K guy in this range if I'm only going to play Casey and Canley.
1: Yeah, I like him at 8,500 when, when he's like we just talked about last week. 11K, no thanks. 8,500, like look at his finishes, man. 23rd, 31, 32, 24, T8. In PGA Championships, 35, T5, T4, T37, T35, like not all at this course, I'm just saying in general, like the guy just always is going to be top 30, I feel like. So if you're looking for a good value, middle range play, I like Matsuyama quite a bit for this price tag. And last week too, even at the Byron, 23rd or whatever, his approach wasn't really on. I looked at the stats for the weekend. His, His approach wasn't on like it normally is. It's always a thing to do with his putter. But but his approach can be better than it was, and, and that was a 2030. He's Actually, pretty decent, Apoa Over time, so I'll go. Uh, I'll go back to Matsuyama after you know predicting him correctly last week, and try and go two for two here.
2: All right, sounds good. Let's move to the seven K range. Wait, sorry, last
1: T3PO, last T3PO. That's what I was hinting at. Uh, yeah, it feels like everybody likes Watson this week. Uh, you mentioned him. I know Mayo mentioned him. A lot of people are on him. I, I don't know, man. The guy I like is the same price again not going to show up in the recent form but long term everywhere including here the new york fans love him lefty boy those those twitter videos and instagrams and whatever he's, he's out there so you know if he's hitting bombs and they're you know somehow accurate he's got the around the green game he's got the putting ability he's got the upside of a major champion to me phil mickelson at eight thousand is pretty good as well along with some of the guys we're going to get into next but my last one and i'll round them out so it's mickelson over Watson that'd be the one where I would consider playing them both though but I like Mickelson a lot more DJ over Tiger pretty much no Tiger Rose over Molinari pretty much no Molinari and then you could do McIlroy over Kepka as a bonus if you want and pretty much no Kepka, because that's a, a pretty strong take I think but that's where I'm at this week I'm trying to get more in depth with the the hot takes but not just to make a hot take I just it's how I truly feel and I know at the Masters you know I still I came 14th in the Millie Maker and and I still made some big mistakes that I'm trying to correct this time around. So uh, I'm making some stands here, big time. I don't hate the Mickelson play. There's something to be said
2: about um, how he reacts with that crowd. You know, that, that crowd is – pro the New York crowd is pro-Mickelson. You know, they, they carried him on the two runner-ups at the U.S. Opens played here. I think there's a lot to be said about that and the motivation he'll have to play because he hasn't really been playing the best golf. Um, but I, I, I don't hate that play. All right, so 7K range. I'm going to go with my last cash game cornerstone. A little bit of a surprise. It's going to be Webb Simpson at $7,600. Uh, this guy is another guy who's just been really good at majors here recently. I think he's a uh, top 20 in his last five majors played. Um, you know, he's he's a little bit short for my liking uh, off the tee, but he makes up for it uh, with, you know, pretty good um, – Long iron play, especially from over 200 yards. He hits a ton of fairways. He's putting well. He's actually one of only, like, I think three or four golfers in my model who's top 30 in strokes gain approach, strokes gain putting, and strokes gain tee the green in the last 50 rounds, um, you know, in this field. So, you know, that says something a lot. I think he's definitely going to be able to make the cut. I think that's why I like him a lot. and The way he's been playing, I I like his game. I like the way he's been playing at majors, at big events specifically. He's really good at par fours, which is solid. He's really good around the greens, uh, which is, I think, going to be a big part of this week. And he avoids bogeys. He's six in bogey avoidance in his last uh, 50 rounds uh, in this field. So my cash game cornerstone picks for this week are going to be Ricky Fowler at $9,300. Xander Shoffley at $9,100, Jason Day at $9,000, Webb Simpson at $7,600. This still leaves you $15,000. Plenty of room to play with with your last two spots. Uh, so I do like him a lot. Up top, uh, I GPP-wise, I like Henrik Stenson. Uh, I think his accuracy off the tee hits a lot of the fairways. hits a ton of greens, fairways and greens type guy. Uh, he's been playing a little bit better here recently. Solid performance last week. Top 20 finish. Uh, I do like Sergio just like everybody else. I think he'll be super chalked. So that's one thing that you might want to have to think about. But everything points to him playing well here, except for the fact that he's missed like the last six cuts in majors. But I don't think that's going to be a big of a deal here um, at this event because he's played well here in the past. So I do like Sergio. I do think he's cash worthy as well. Uh, I like Louis Usti. I like Usti. I think he'll go overlooked. Another guy, you know, the the runner-up grand slam guy, always plays well as at majors. Uh, He's played well at this course a couple of times. He's been out. Uh, I think he'll be overlooked. Uh, Who do you like in this upper 7k range?
1: Same page again. Uh, I like Stenson a lot. Um, Even after he burned me last week, I think he's going to make the cut. I think he's capable here. I I don't know. Garcia's going to be popular, no doubt, but I wonder if more people are going to sway to Stenson as the week goes on and balance it out a little bit. And another thing to note here, it's unlike the Masters in a sense where the field is much larger. So at the Masters, we had more decisions to make because it was more concentrated chalk based on the field being so small. Here, when stuff spaces out, like this range, you got people will go unique with Scott, the Watsons, the the Leishmans, the Ustis, the Kissers there's so many guys that it will have to balance out some. So you are still able to to take a bit of a stand. I'll probably still be overweight on Garcia, but I'll use stents and GPPs and I'll use them in some lineups without Garcia. So I'll use some in both to try and mix it up that way and I'll use them against Garcia to leverage the Garcia lineups where normally people would plug in Garcia. The other guy you mentioned was Usti, who I like. My One of my, you know, better plays in this range of the guys that I like is Poulter. Always like Poulter. Uh, he's the guy that, you know, I don't know, I guess Kokrak has been talked up a little and people are seeing, you know, 14 for 14 May cuts this season, recent form, uh, decent in the past. He has seventh year in 2016, the year Reed won. So people are going to still probably play him, but I, I don't know where the ownership is going there just yet. And that's what I'll use Gup's ownership protections for on Wednesday night to check it out because... At the end of the day, Poulter, to me, is the guy that I was talking about where he's the the significant, much better golfer long-term. We talked about this major prowess. The guy that's going to get it done if he didn't go in the water on Sunday at the Masters, he would have still had a better finish. Wouldn't have won the thing, but he still had a better finish than he already did. Webb, you mentioned, has been good in majors. Again, why play Finau way up there when you can play Webb for $1,200 cheaper? And he basically did the same thing as Finau in majors last year, pretty much. Did well again this year. And then on top of that, he won the players last year. Tough field event uh you know similar type much shorter yardage but well quite quite a shorter yardage but similar type challenge um so Simpson is another guy and then kicking it into the bottom range this is where it gets tough and this is where I probably think GPPs are are one because when you go from Tong Lee down all the way who who are some of the guys you like any in this range because it's still quite a large range they've really spaced it out here this year between 7,500 down yeah, it is
2: the big range. I think the guy's probably a little bit lower in this range. I, I do like uh, Jonathan Vegas. Everyone's going to like him. Forms really good. A uh, longer player. Really gains a lot of strokes off the tee. Uh, I think he'll be popular. I don't mind him at all. Uh, I do like Charlie Hoffman a bit here. A good long iron player. He's going to be very, very underlooked, low-owned. Um, Aaron Wise, games trending upwards we all know that he has the talent he's won uh, last year at trinity forest one of the better college players out there when in his prime uh, i think his talent level is strong and i do like ryan palmer as well who's had good outings here uh, at beth page black really good another guy good with his longer irons he's got that wind underneath him so you know i think he'll be play a little bit more freer a uh, good iron play and i like ryan palmer a bit so there's guys i like in this lower range how about you
1: I'm gonna punish myself with Glover first of all. So seventy three hundred. Yeah, I like Glover. I, I I like Glover too. I don't know if he'll get popular or not. I just don't think he'll be owned enough because it's Glover. So to me, that that's one that I'll I'll plug into this range. Well,
2: the big thing about Glover is, the big thing about Glover is he's only behind Dustin Johnson in bogey avoidance. Uh Like he's a second bet. He has a second most least bogeys. Uh, this season behind Dustin Johnson, so that's going to be a key thing here uh, at this event. I do like Lucas Glover.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, you know that's one of the ones that stands out there for that reason. And then the other guy that stands out like that is Emiliano Grillo. So he's a guy that if it's going to be a minus three or a minus five type win, which I feel as it as it is right now, obviously a lot stems with the weather and how the week goes. He just doesn't you know he does his thing. He hits the fairway, hits the green, and then. Maybe he makes the cut. Maybe he doesn't. But at the end of the day, he's going to be able to stick around, make the cut, at, and at seventy one hundred, I, I don't love his upside. Meaning, if I put him into a lineup and he's like the you know the fourth guy in, I'm not as excited. I want him to be like the fifth or sixth guy into my lineup in pricing. It doesn't always work out that way. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, I don't want him to be up in the top four guys in my lineup. I want four better guys and let him make the value work because I think he'll make the cut. You never know, right? If it's minus three and he finishes at even the tournament, that's huge value, right? That, that could be awesome. So I like him. You mentioned Vegas. We've talked to him enough times with the, you know, the mindset this year, I think ownership or not, he's the real deal and wise. You talked about as well, um, rounded out with my favorite play, probably in this range is Ode to our boy Brad Keegan Bradley Messer Smith. Uh, I'm going on him here at again another long term dude, 7200 bucks upside. Uh, you know, is there at 7200? He he did pretty well last year. He's been decent this year. He makes cuts. He hasn't you know performed up to his potential so to speak this year so far. But he's shown he's shown flashes to me, and I like that. And so Keegan Bradley at 7200, another guy I feel is is a little bit underpriced, and, and I'll take the run with him and see how that goes as well. Yeah, I might throw a couple Jim Furyk's out there
2: just because, like you yeah. said, this is an even par, minus three, minus four. That's 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 Furyk's jam. You know what I'm saying? Even though he's not that long off the tee, the man hits a shit ton of fairways and greens. Uh, so I think he's someone else you can look at in this range down. I don't know about his upside, but if it's an even par thing, top 10, top 20, top 25, not out of the question for him as well. All right, so let's move on to this 6K range. Why don't you go ahead and get us started there, Tambo?
1: Yeah, it's not, I don't like as much as I thought, and I you know I've been looking back at, at sort of majors and how the lineups that I've been building, and I find these lineups never seem to do as well as the ones that end out around the you know sixty nine hundred dollar range, if you will. It doesn't mean it's always right. I talk about this all the time. People bring it up. How many people in your pool? How, how do you build your lineup? What's the construction? There, there's never an exact science, but but there is definitely guys that do better than others, and that's what you want to learn from. So uh for me in this range uh, i'm gonna punish myself a bit at the top of the just a, i missed one at 7k it was charles howell i thought he was 6900 charles howell at 7,000. 000 uh, gotta dig a little bit more i don't know really what the deal was with the withdrawal i just feel like he was done with it so for me i'll see he's popping up in my you know models that i'm looking at a little bit and i just know 7,000 for a make cut uh which i expect to get from him i'm gonna feel okay about that daniel berger been playing a little bit better lately uh, don't expect him to go off here, but you know, he's looked pretty good last few times out. Uh, and for him at 6,900, I feel like that's a pretty good price. Kevin, Nah uh, you know, a little bit of the Na walk going on. He's having a really good season. Uh, he does well normally in events like this, where you'll see the lower score, like, you know, a minus five or, or whatever, a little bit of higher score. So, um, other than that, not too much. One is Knox that I got Knox and, and Matt Wallace. Those are probably my two other plays down here. And then clicking down the other guys I've got highlighted are, Hadwin, oh, big one we got to talk about here in a second. Uh, Hadwin and Surrey, who I'm hearing is going to get some love, but I like Surrey. I think it's pretty cheap for him, and he's having a good season back and forth. But what, uh, you know, I joked on Twitter yesterday with you about Cash Game Cornerstone on Sunday. Number one, spoiler alert on Scott Piercy. He was priced before he went off on this event and went bogey-free. Totally different course. So I I get that out of the gate where it went from, you know, the largest greens to now much smaller, the widest fairways and wide old ground to tree-lined and thick rough. But he, he finished third the, the week before at the RBC Heritage, which has a lot of obstacles and, and, and you know, tree line and that sort of thing as well. He's in good form at 6,500. I've, I've got a take on this, but I want to hear yours first because I thought he'd be in your cash lineup for sure. Uh,
2: no, I'm not going to go down that low. Uh, you know, chalk at this range is always risky uh, in my opinion. Um, I think he's going to be very popular. I'll probably use him, but I'm not sold on using him a lot, probably my minimum. Uh, so I'm making, I think, 100 lineups – I'll probably have him right at ten percent. I'm because I mean it, it, you could just he's just so cheap that you know if he does anything that it's worth it you can go and roster guys uh, higher price guys easily and have a good flexibility in your roster construction. So I'll probably use him, but I'm not probably as big on him as everybody else is.
1: See my my and that's probably what I I agree to that totally everything you just said. So I'll state that first. But my, my think my thinking is this, and it ties in directly to a major, directly to the major we just had at the Masters. Kevin Kisner, the same price, six thousand five hundred coming in. Everyone said, "All oh, Masters is so much different than match play. It doesn't mean shit." He's not going to be able to do it. I just bring it up because this is one the things I think about yeah, when I'm going true. through my process. And And what happened was he finished like 22nd or 23rd. And again, it's not world breaking, but when you're 6,500 bucks and you just talked about three 9K guys and all yeah, the plays doesn't... that are up there that we talked about that you can open up to, or maybe that's how you get to DJ and a big name guy and open your lineup that way. I mean, it, it is possible. You never know. And at the end of the day, if this course takes people apart, which it can, um, yeah, you you sometimes want to avoid the low price chalk, but also sometimes the low price chalk doesn't end up being that way because you'll hear everyone say, I, I can already hear it on some of the pods and some of the industry talking is you know he's gonna be popular, everyone's gonna be on him. Low price chalk never works out. The Kevin Kisner story, and then what ends up happening, he gets lower ownership than you think. Not not low ownership, but he goes lower than if you think he's gonna be fifteen to twenty, he ends up ten to twelve.
2: No, I don't think I don't think that. I think he's gonna be around That's, ten. But that's still a lot for a six K guy. You rarely see six K guys in the ten percent and above range. It's rare.
1: Um, but, I, but at eight to ten, my thoughts are like one hundred and fifty lineups, and you are saying one hundred. You one hundred for the general, you know, consensus. If he's if he ends up being eight to ten instead of ten to twelve, let's talk micro. You you don't need if you go twenty. You know, if you go fifteen, it's it's only fifteen of your hundred lineups. You still got eighty five chances. But what if he what if he is the guy that yeah. unlocks some of those big name lineups? To me, that's that's worth taking a shot at. So I am actually probably by the end of the week, going to end up being overweight once I see what the ownership projections come out at. But I, will, I wouldn't fade just because the ownership might have other reasons. But to me, I would probably play him if he's going to come in at 8 to 10. I'll probably be overweight for for that reason.
2: All right. Uh, for me, I like Martin Keimer, uh, up top at 6,900. He had a good performance last week. I think it was in Europe. Uh, he finished top 10. He's coming into this event uh, with a nice, you know, solid week before. It's always good for the mental aspect of the game. So I do like Keimer, proven major winner. Uh, Probably would be under-owned. I do like Keimer. Uh, One guy who just pops in this weird – so on Fantasy National, I put in um, POA, greens, and difficult scoring relative to par. You can do that type of stuff on Fantasy National. And so when you look at the top, like, 11 guys, you got Dustin Johnson for for drafting points, total drafting points. Uh, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Xander, Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ron, Bubba, Rory, Phil, But guess who's number two on that list? Luke List. Uh, He's he's popped up in here. I guess he plays hard POA courses. I mean, the sample size is small. It's only about 16 rounds, but it definitely made an impression on me. And he definitely has the length for this course. Uh, Maybe, you know, he can pull something off and uh, get a little top 20, top uh, 10 here for him. So I'll use a little bit of Luke List down here. Um, I do like Surrey uh, a lot in this range, like you said. Uh, I'll go with Bo Hostler. Another guy who grew up on Poa Greens, used to these tricky Poa from California, had a really nice showing last week, got his game up, uh, you know, after having a little bit of a slide for this season. Maybe he can gather some momentum from his play last week and play well. So I do like Hostler a little bit. Michael Thompson, another guy that I'll play down here in this range, who's a good putter, um, you know, really solid putter, good from long irons. Like I think he's top 20 in proximity for 200-plus in this field in the last 50 rounds. Hits a ton of fairways. Uh, so I do like um, Michael Thompson down low. Uh, and, and Julian Surrey and Piercy, those are the other two guys that I'll probably go with. Once you get lower than that, you get into a lot of like PGA professionals and stuff like that. So it's a little bit tough um, when you go below 6,500. Do we miss anybody?
1: No, I like your list call though, kind of. Uh, I had him start. I'm, I'm glad you brought him up. And not not a similar course at all, but in, in a hard course... Um, uh, low score. You know, in the in the scoring setting where I, I can't remember what the score was at the Honda Classic, but he's done well there in the past as well. He almost won it before, and, and that's again another tough field. Um, two years ago when JT got him in the playoff after the rock bounced hit the rock and bounced up on the green. So list to be an interesting GPP flyer at 6,800. That that's another one I kind of like that call there. And the other guy I had right below him actually I forgot to mention was uh the juiced man, juiced Lu- juiced Luton. Oh yeah. I forget. I like him, too. Same price. I don't know. Like I said, I'll just dabble on those two, but you probably don't need to have too much of them to get overweight. People are going to shy away a little bit. So don't don't mind those guys as well. But but the other guys I mentioned down there are the ones I'm heavier on. Yeah, Luton's
2: been having a great season on a Euro Tour. A bunch of birdies, great scoring average, really good with long irons, really good with his approaches, hits a ton of fairways, hits a ton of greens. Uh, so, yeah, I do like used uh, a lot in this range as well, him along with List in that higher range. All right, Tam, let's take it off to the betting segment there, my friend.
1: For sure. Betting segment brought to you by betql.co. Want to jump over there, guys? Download the app. You can get it on the App Store. You can get it on the Google Play Store. Mainly looking at three major things. First one is it's going to have all the line movement for all the games. So with sports betting taking off, you can check and follow along. Helps helps you make your decisions as you go throughout. Uh, Second thing you're going to look at there is the public betting so you can see all the public betting trends in real time see if you know all the money's coming in on the you know use baseball the Rockies tonight at home versus another team and and you're going to be able to see what the odds are there uh, other than that they've got some value bets for you as well that you can look at and maybe use those to your advantage if you want to try and make a name with that um i've got a few bets here Kenny not many one of them is an old bet so it's a hedge i know i just bashed them on the pod basically but Uh, i'm happy with the number so i I got kick it off i you know finau at 45 to one with an each way and then i've got him at a 55 to one outright so no each way just bets i got a while back um i think he's down quite a bit lower than that now i think he's at like 30-ish i want to say 35 so yeah i got finau which again i'm not gonna play much of him dfs so i'm happy to have that just in case he top fives it uh keegan 125 with the each way talked about him uh and then vegas at 150 to one with the each way though those are the three that i'm on now i'm gonna figure out a way to get dj now that i've made my plan because i'm on him he's gonna win this so i'm gonna get dj too uh don't know how i'm doing it yet because i hate just getting him at whatever he is 10 to 1 but uh i'm gonna bet him with something and try and get it doubled up that way what do you got
2: yeah i got I got two short odd bets. I got Kepka at 11 to 1. I got to bet him. Like I said, I'm all on him, Uh, the major king. And Xander, mini Kepka, 25 to 1. I'm on both of those guys. Uh, Cantley at 40 to 1. I do like him. And I do like the Vegas at 150 to 1. And I think I have Kokrek at 100 to 1 as well. We didn't mention him on the pod, but the guy's been playing really good golf. Uh, He played well here in the past. Uh, Maybe this is his breakout. We'll see. I'll probably have a top five or top 10 on him and Vegas um in that over 100 to 1 uh range for uh outright all right so one and done my friend who you got
1: i don't have dj available um so or else i'd flip over to him i know i don't have him available because i got like a ninth out of him somewhere but i, I got fowler i told you he was my second you know sort of outright play and again not not gonna bet him because I, I it's an emotional hedge if he wins i'm excited for him to get his first major i'd be pumped but uh, one and done, I'll throw him in there and use him. I'm going to use him in both places. I'm going to have him in DFS quite a bit at that price, and I'm going to use him in one and done this week as well. It's not shocking I'm all in on Kepka.
2: I saved Kepka. I got him this week. He's he's going to be all over the place for me. If he blows it, I'm going to be screwed, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think he'll be in contention coming in on Sunday, so I got Kepka as my one and done. All right, my friend, did we miss anything?
1: Nope. Good to go, man. Another exciting major week. I'm pumped for this. There's big tournaments over on DraftKings, FanDuel, Draft, everywhere you go. Uh, Don't want to miss out on this. I'm ready for a big week, Kenny. This is the time I break through.
2: All right, buddy. Uh, Good luck, and tell them where they can find you, my friend.
1: You, you mentioned it we talked gupscorner.com biggest thing I can stress Kenny did a great job previewing it at the start guys code dgen25 the best possible way just to get in ground floor figure it out check it out it's got all kinds of stuff on there you won't believe it the slack channel alone people say it pays for itself in the first few moments they're in there it's like a family but at the bottom line is you literally can get it for like $11 right now when you use code dgen25 go to gupscorner.com put in the code you'll be set up for a month that's 30 days the annual people forget too just to chime in quick it's not a, a go, the rest of the golf season annual it's a 365 days we do football we do betting for there. dfs gup took down or, or bucks took down the the 333 wildcat last year for 250k i had a couple good scores as well on that i've had good scores in the past there's a lot of content on there for 11 a month to check it out get in now so you can get pga championship and you'll be let you'll be ready to go right through the u.s open you'll get that as well all right, sounds good. You
2: can find me uh, at KendoVT on Twitter. Well, first off, just a reminder, if you guys like and enjoy the pod, if we entertain you, if you want some money, or if you just like listening to us, uh, make sure to leave a, uh, a like, a five-star rating, and a uh, nice review for us. It really helps us out, keeps the pod free. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. I put a lot of information on there. My article each week is on um, PowerHourPod.com. Uh, of course, and then go ahead and make sure you check out gupscorner.com, check out draft.com, uh, check out BetQL, check out all of our nice sponsors. Uh, they do all a really good job and we love working with them. All right. So let's have some, let's get some luck this week. It's our second major of the year, big event coming. I can't wait. Super excited. Let's win some fucking money, degeneration.
0: The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create. What we buy. What we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to ProsperUs.org. That's ProsperUs.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org.